Hello and welcome to GIST Radio. We are a casual radio station where we broadcast when we have something to say. GIST stands for Getting Your Shit Together, and we broadcast important interviews and information for artists and creators of all kinds. For more information on GIST, please log into our website at www.gyst-ink.com, where you will find free resources, software, and publications for artists. You can email us and let us know what you would like to hear about at info at gyst-ink.com. Thanks for tuning in. Hello, listeners. Thanks for tuning in to Just Do It. I'm your host, Kara Tomei. And what I do on this podcast is seek out artists who have hybridized their careers to include some sort of innovative programming that engages the public. Be that through an ongoing project, an artist collaborative, a nonprofit entity, a business, whatever the form it takes, the goal is to give motivated artists a forum here to share their experiences with DIY practices and inspire others to do the same. I've been doing this podcast almost weekly for actually almost two years now, so we have a very long list of artist collaborators and spaces and people who have come on the show, mostly from Los Angeles. And so for those of you interested, please check us out uh, for our other episodes after you listen to this one with my guests from an artist collective called Durden and Ray. Durden and Ray is comprised of 20 artist curator members who work together to create exhibition opportunities at gallery spaces in Los Angeles and around the world. They've been active for five years, since 2010, which is a nice long amount of time already for a collective. And um, in just a couple of months ago, in May of 2015, they opened their first uh, permanent space in downtown Los Angeles. So it's a nice time, an exciting time to be talking to my guests today. Um, I'd like to uh, read their model, just some keywords that we can get into talking about as we go through the conversation. But they write that their model overlaps multiple strategies, which includes a commercial potential of a gallery, a democratic structure of an artist group, the potential to create collaborative works, and the shared fiscal support of its programs. So these are all going to be things we talk about with my guests today. I have three of Durden and Ray's members with me. One is Max Presneal, also Claudia Parducci, and Tom Dunn. Max and Claudia have been there since the beginning, and so I'm going to start by asking Max some questions. Um, what we'll do is each I'll ask each of you for a brief uh, bio intro, because you're all working, practicing artists, curators, organizers, all three of you have wonderful background. So let's establish the conversation by telling us a little bit about who you are. And we'll start with Max Perniel. Hello, Max Neal. Thanks for joining me. Hello. Hi, Max. Hi. Okay, so, so tell us um, a bit about yourself. Bio. Um, I'm yeah, a painter. Yeah, quick bio. And <laughs> a painter, yeah. Um, and a curator. I, I currently am the head curator at the Torrance Art Museum. Um, and I, I founded and ran Raid Projects uh, for 10 years, which was an alternative space. Um, I have also worked at, uh, teaching at universities and uh, worked as a director of a commercial gallery in the past. 
Right, and RAID, uh, RAID Projects is also located in downtown. I understand, just as a little aside, because there's a little connection there with me um, at this show, um, you passed it on, so to speak, to two artists who, did, who changed the name. It's now called Eastside International, right, ESX. And um, one of their members, Molly Shea, who did a performance uh, kind of series out of Raid, was on my show already. And I've actually been talking to Michelle and Jason to come on the show. Uh, that's a nice thing that something you started for 10 years is continuing on, even if it's got a little bit of a different form. Isn't that uh, a nice thing? No, it's wonderful. I think it's great. Um, you know, the, these things, by their very nature, um, are transitory. They, I mean, they come and they go and they, and they kind of fulfill yep. a function. And then they exactly. adapt and mutate. Right. And the cool thing about you and uh, and Durden and Ray is you've adapted and changed and shifted for five solid years, going from using available spaces and you still do shows, you know, all over in terms of people bringing you spaces. But now a whole new phase with the new permanent space in downtown. So that's also really wonderful. Another new chapter. So I'm excited to talk about that a little bit. Uh, talk mm-hmm. to me about how you started Durden and Ray. And I understand that Claudia uh, was with you for, for those initial uh, for that initial startup. So maybe we'll pause and let Claudia give, give her uh, two-minute bio, <laughs> and then we'll work into how the two of you actually started uh, Durden and Ray. Hi, Claudia. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Kara. Thanks for having us. Um, Absolutely. I'm a local also. And um, Max and, and a few of the, the early members of Jordan and Ray were, were just colleagues I knew from being around. I'd shown with on occasion. And uh, when I was approached with this idea, I'd already, already been in another, uh, another artist collective, a completely different model, one that was more about dialogue. And, um, and, and I'd really enjoyed that experience. I found it uh, very empowering as an artist to be able to initiate projects without, you know, outside of the more commercial um, marketplace. And so right. I, I jumped like, right in. Yes. You know, it wasn't clear at the beginning what it was going to be, and I knew I knew it would evolve. I almost didn't care what, what we said it was going to be because these things have a way of morphing on their own and taking shape. And so I just jumped in because it looked like fun, and I liked the people doing it. Yeah, I, that's, that's often how these things happen. I mean, they, they as I, I've talked to so many, and oftentimes it is just let's start, let's start and do it, and we ebb and we flow and we and we grow. But but you really have gelled in a very solid way and have done the group has done so many shows all over LA, all over the world actually. So it really has worked into something that a model that really really works. And I understand you started out with maybe about a dozen members of the group, and now you've grown to 22 uh, artist curator members. So that's quite a large group. <laughs> How well, does one become a member? Why don't oh, – go ahead, Claudia. Talk about that. I was just going to say, you know, the artist collectives remind me a little bit of book clubs. And, you know, <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you have 18 members, you can always be sure that, you know, 10 of them will show up. So, you know, I was right. a little nervous going too large, but in fact, it gives people freedom. You know, we all have active lives outside of, of Jordan and Ray and, and um, uh, active art lives that, that don't right. necessarily interact with the collective. And it gives us a chance to, you know, step out if we're busy with something else and, and the whole thing doesn't fall apart. Right, that makes sense because of the power in numbers because it does take so much effort to put a show together, really. Every show takes a lot of energy and 
people and the way you have pulled off shows very professionally. And Max, I, I, I sense that you really do um, consider your shows kind of, it's a gallery context, okay, and, and a commercial. I mean, you do sell work. Talk a little bit about how you are running the, the, the group as uh, these kind of two different things. It is commercial, and then you also have this democratic structure and almost like a nonprofit model of running it. So how do those all intersect? Um, well, uh, the, the projects are uh, determined by the members. I mean, everybody has kind of personal interest in seeing happen. Um, I don't direct it any more than anybody else in the group does um, because everyone's expected to take an even role on that. Um, The commercial side of it is is kind of not really pertinent in some ways to us. Um, You know, we have that up Mm. there and it will help cover some costs, um, you know, because it it costs money for us to run it. Um, But we're not really really overly concerned with that, I think. It does tend to be a little bit more... um, focused on curatorial like pro- problems and solutions and things that we we feel uh, are interesting enough uh, for those reasons it's it, it's more a chance for for us as artists to see the shows uh, come into existence that we're interested in Right. Okay, that makes sense. Well, let's welcome our third, uh, the third member to the show here. Give him a voice in this conversation. Um, Tom Dunn is one of the newer members. So, as someone who has just joined the group, uh, Tom, there's 20. Now you're, I guess, you're the, maybe the 22nd member of the group. Tell me about a little bit about yourself and how you ca- came into the group and how it's been so far in terms of, uh, you know, being involved. Great. Yeah. Well, thanks for having us. Um, yeah, so I got involved. I was doing a residency in Utah, and Max actually brought out a, a Durden and Ray show to the gallery that the residency I was doing was associated with. So they had a, uh, I think it was the gangs all here. And I think they were about, that was in the earlier days, so there were maybe 12 members or so then. Um, and then I got to know Max. I'm a fan of Max's teams, actually. And then I was I actually did raid projects. So I was, when I was leaving Utah, I was going to Los Angeles, and I did the three-month residency there that Max started, which had since been passed over to uh, Jason Ramos. But, um, yeah, so I sort of touched base with him, and since moving to L.A., I've always, I'd always gone to Dead and Ray shows, and then, uh, yeah, just got to know some of the members in it and was eventually asked to join. That's wonderful. So, Max, let me talk to you a little bit about, I mean, there's five years of, of programming behind your belt now with, with, with the uh, collective and at all different kinds of gallery spaces and, and nonprofit spaces and this and that. Can you just describe maybe one of the more recent ones that you were involved with putting forward? Not in the new space, we'll get to that, but one of the projects where, how does it happen? How do you, how do you just make a Burden and Ray show occur just for those listening who might be you know oh i'd like to start something like this but how does it actually work that you would approach a space and then pull it together just a little uh like a cliff notes version <laughs> of putting well, together okay. that, a, a show. <laughs> well easy, an easy one would be uh to describe how the next one um got done which is in berlin it's um, we're partnering with a, a group called kreuzberg pavilion um and it opens in uh end of june um, but that came about through um, using those kind of art- artist networks of friendships, et cetera, 
um, that we all have and asking some people over there um, if they had any suggestions on groups who were interesting and who might follow a similar model to us. And so, um, yeah, we got we got a, a whole bunch of uh, responses from various people that we know in Berlin. Um, and uh, so, and some friends made uh, contact for us and introduced us to them. Um, and so we decided uh, through emails um, that, we, that we would do an exchange. Um, and so the first part is us going to Berlin. Um, it's They've left it entirely to us on who we send. Um, we we had a we decided on a show um, called uh, excuse me um, from the barricades um, as a, a continuing part of a set of kind of um, political shows that we've done over the last few years and that we did in Istanbul and we're doing in Paris etc. Anyway, so um, we we uh, essentially just get together as a group and we decide each artist decides on what they're going to send themselves. Um, and then we uh, work out the logistics of all that and how we're going to make sure that that happens. Um, and uh, you know, for, for next year, then uh, Kreuzberg Pavilion will send a group of their artists to us and, and we host them as, as a return on that. This is a kind of ongoing set of se uh, series of exchanges that we've done and continue to, you know, continue to do. Um, we did London and New York uh, last year, um, and then we've we've done numerous shows just which weren't exchanges, they were one way. Um, we sent shows to Istanbul and uh, Guangzhou in China. Um, yeah, wow. and Tokyo. No, I, I really like to get down to the nuts and bolts sometimes because I think a lot of our listeners really are going, well, how, you know, how, do we, how do we do something like this? And really what pops into my mind is budget. How do you fund a project going to Germany, Istanbul, whatever? Is it up to the members in terms of getting their work there, getting themselves there, or do you have a budget? Can you describe a little bit about uh, the fiscal concerns of the group? Well, we share the costs of everything that we we vote, majority vote on doing. One of the uh, good things about that majority vote on things is that no, you know, if somebody doesn't want to do it, they don't have to do it. There's no pressure um, to actually become involved in each project. So um, for the uh, German um, uh, show, we got together and discussed, okay, what kind of work, what kind of space, what are we looking at um, in terms of the you know, size of works that could go out. And then we've, we've got some uh, pretty smart ways that we've developed over the years about shipping works in terms of getting the scale, um, you know, certain scales, are, and then we can mass ship a bunch of works. And then we, uh, we'll put larger works in um, certain types of uh, containers, etc. We might roll them if they're larger works. And they can be rolled. Um, and then, if, mm -hmm. as an example, um, the works that are being rolled that are, sent, are being sent to uh, Berlin, there's only three of them. And so the, the cost of that tube is being borne by the three artists who are in the tube. So okay. we, we, do, so we that... cover all the costs that way. And we have a, a, a like we pay in a, a small amount uh, each on a on a regular basis. So we have a kitty to buy various things for the group and the shows. Oh, I see. So everyone kind of like as a board dues almost. Like a nonprofit structure would be if you join the board of an organization, there, there's some kind of dues or, you know, uh, some contribution that often is yeah. asked of, and then you pull it all together and uh, and do it that way. Well, that is, that's a wonderfully democratic way to do it. It's nice to hear that it's working so nicely. Uh, democracy has its, uh, has its challenges sometimes, doesn't it? <laughs> so the fact that you seem to <laughs> pull these things together so beautifully <laughs> and run them is very, very nice. Um, I like to kind of get, you know, the art talk in there, too, about um, 
you know, more talk about exhibitions and the like in this moment of, of the talk. So I'm going to ask Claudia, have you ever um, put forth an exhibition or idea for the group that went ahead and talk about that experience? Yes, I did a show at, uh, we, we had another space for a year at the L.A. Mark, and uh, at that time the group was, well, there were just about enough artists for each person to, to curate a show over the space of that year. I did a show called Fellow Travelers that um, had to do with how art engages political histories. This was during uh, Occupy L.A., and I, yeah, mm-hmm. I saw a lot of artists um, getting getting very engaged with that protest movement, and I was just very interested in how how artists engage uh, uh, political moments, and I I didn't want to make it about that particular political moment because it was still too it was still happening, so I decided mm-hmm. to look at um, artists who deal with political histories, and so I ended up having artists who were engaged with Chicano movements and the Black Panthers and you know, you know, 60s counterculture, like communes and whatnot. And um, that was that was uh, a show that I curated. With, Can you way, talk a little a bit about, oh, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but Go I just ahead. want to talk to you, I want you to mention a little bit about how your own practice uh, puts you in the, in the frame of wanting to do that kind of work. Because I like to hear, you know, you're a practicing artist, and I I know that you're engaged in, some social practice kind of work, and you didn't really give me a bio, <laughs> so I'm going to pause and ask you, as as you know, bio in relation to, I mean, you kind of said what you're interested in through your curatorial premise, but a little bit, a little right. bit more about how, how about that. Um, you know, I'm basically a painter, but I am very engaged in in uh, uh, current events and the news of the day, and it's it um it it makes its way into my thinking and my process. And so I tend to lean that direction when, when um, you know, I'm, I'm not, I, I'm like, I probably have less curatorial experience than most of the members. This has been a great opportunity for me to curate shows that are, you know, that I'm interested in. But definitely that's an outgrowth of my own personal interests in the studio. Mm-hmm. Well, just in that you said, I just, just this concept of that the group exists for artists to try things, to try projects, to curate, to flex their uh, muscles in different areas and try out different practices and different curatorial models. I mean, the, the concept of curator has changed dramatically in, uh, or expanded, I should say. I, uh, you know, I'd rather say expanded uh, to really include something much broader than, than we used to think of as curator with a capital C, an institutional setting, et cetera. Max, you've been, uh, in, you are in an institutional setting at the Torrance Art Museum as chief curator, and you're an independent curator, and you're part of this group, so you've got your finger in all of that kind of different kinds of curatorial activity. How would you say, Durden and Ray, um, you know, factors into this uh, conversation about more open curating? Well, you know, um, I don't, uh, I don't see a huge gap between what, what I do as a painter and what I do uh, kind of as a curator. Um, I mean, they, they both, there's this kind of concerns with ideas of organization and what organization can mean, um, particularly in this kind of proto-political ways. Um, so I don't see them as a, a, a great you know, difference, but um, it does slightly fulfill a different um, need, which is that 
um, you know, this group allows all of us to bring bring these 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 kind of shows that we're interested in, in in you know, small scale normally, not huge uh, very often, um, but allow us to kind of exp- explore some relationships between works that and and artists that we perhaps um, most of us don't get the chance to, um, but certainly in an institutional setting, um, in some ways there's less. Um, ability to you know move quickly and nimbly and um, and in some to some slight degree of kind of taking chances really. Mm-hmm. Well, especially yeah, I guess. if I could just just um, say a word, which is we 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 are not dependent on on commerce, so our shows really aren't informed at all. Uh, you know, by you know we've got to sell some work to keep keep the lights on. And it right. gives us kind of freedom, freedom to experiment and play and and make mistakes and all, all all of that. I mean, which is I believe why people get involved. You know, most of us do have commercial galleries and what, whatever. We are caught up in the the greater art market, and this is this this I see this as being you know being outside of that where there's there's a lot more freedom. Yeah, that's wonderful, and 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 it can coexist, which is great. Um, and I think that there's, especially in Los Angeles, oh, there's such a explosion of artist-run independent spaces. And you know, Max, you said you don't see a gap between being a painter and a curator and what you do, but that statement in itself is a very contemporary one because I think you know now with artists doing DIY practices in every facet, um, it just kind of feels like there's more of an openness to those roles and that you don't, you know, you don't have to choose one role or another. I mean, I'm kind of like, you know, doing the just hybrid career rah, rah, rah at the moment. You know, <laughs> artists do a lot of things and everything you do, everything you do is part of your practice. There's no separation, yeah. you know, and we like to really champion that idea because not everyone out there in the quote art world maybe thinks that way. And I think that in a place like Los Angeles that is so vibrant in that way and just is trying to, put this, you know, forward as, uh, yeah, I mean, artists, their practices, their life is everything they do, whether it's, you know, painter, curator, uh, educator, teacher, writer, critic. I mean, the list can be <laughs> very, very long. And that is a, a hybrid way of thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's a great, yeah, great time, time it's in great, LA. So, yeah, it really is. I mean, and uh, you know, I try and get around at, at as many alternative space openings as I can. And there's some really great things going on out there in terms of the, the, uh, you know, these groups and, and individuals that are running these small spaces um, and, and not worrying about whether there should be some kind of, um, you know, some kind of separation between the, the, you know, being an artist and being a curator as if, as if somehow right. one invalidates the other. And this is just a, a really old fashioned way of looking at, at what it means to just be a kind of creative individual and, and to explore things in, that are out there and in front of you. I mean, you know, it's, it's it's kind of if I like steak, I can't eat meat. I mean, I can't eat you know chicken. I, I just it doesn't really make any <laughs> right. sense to me. Right, it's not absolutely, just and just I, yes, I, go ahead, I Claudia. Think, I I think too that um, the world is just starting to catch up with artists. I mean, we've always yeah. been this way. You know, we've exactly. always had to be be enterprising individuals and do things ourselves and and uh, uh, met each other in groups and had fun projects. And it's like we've come out of the closet, or people have opened the door and 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 become less threatened by that idea. Well, or also, or or rather, seeing the power in that 
because all of this, you know, stuff that maybe is has been a little bit more, what, I don't know, behind the scenes or something about what an artist does. And now it's just kind of opening up and seeing that, that there's such great power and cultural power in uh, that kind of like more open and hybrid. I think that's a little bit part of it, too, I hope. Exactly. <laughs> you know, one but thing I also think said, it's a, uh, so, Sorry, I, I also think it's a lot to do with the kind of when people start learning to that DIY can work, that taking the kind of power back into your own hands, being you know self-reliant and responsible for your career instead of waiting around for somebody else to kind of make decisions for you. Um, those kind of, uh, that kind of approach, it, I mean, it's taken a long time to catch on really, but it really, it seems to me that that's the, that is really the future is we shouldn't as artists be waiting around. We certainly don't need to be, um, you know, waiting to see the things we want to see in the world as artists. Right. Just make it, just do it. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm curious. I'm curious, um, Tom, you're someone who is not from Los Angeles, and I'm just curious, maybe your perspective coming from, is it London that you came from? No, I'm from Australia. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Sorry. I'm from no, London. Wrong, wrong, country. <laughs> wrong country. All right. I knew there was a Londoner in the group. Okay. Right. I'm sorry. So from Australia, Australia then. Yeah. Just So coming into LA and the LA scene, how long have you been here and what is your perspective on our conversation, did you see that in in Australia or do you see it as an L.A. thing? I just want to hear your voice in this in this conversation, too, from your perspective. Yeah, well, I think, well, the, I mean, the L.A. thing is just bigger. So, you know, people ask me from back home, what's the L.A. art scene like? And I still don't know. You know, there's several different overlapping ones. And, yeah, it's 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 very broad like that. So I think the, I guess the DIY thing, I see a lot more happening here because um, mm-hmm. there is room to, uh, you know, maneuver it spread out a lot. And uh, right. And you know, there's a there's a well, like anywhere, I guess you know, there's an oversaturation of creative people trying to do things. And here, it's sort of, uh, I guess, it spills out in more areas. And I would say, from what I've seen back home. Right. I see. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, yeah. LA is yes, it's so huge. There's so many scenes. It's not just one scene. There's like a hundred scenes. <laughs> Actually, speaking right. of different scenes, I'm going to take that as a segue into the downtown art scene because downtown is really exploding recently with galleries and spaces moving in, blue chip galleries, independent spaces. It's such an exciting time. There's been a kind of re resurgence in downtown, and that is where your new space is. So Max um, or Claudia, which, whichever of you, both of you, could talk about how did this permanent space come about? And, you know, it's located next to two very established galleries. I'm sure you were excited to find this location. It's on Santa Fe Avenue. Would that be considered art district adjacent or is that actually the, the downtown art district, first of all? Max, I it think actually, it is the new... Yeah, I think it is the new arts district. I mean, it's it's CB1 and Rosamund Felsen and Night Gallery and right. Francois Gavali and and numerous right. others. Um, so I think oh, it, yeah, it, it really is the kind of new Culver City um, as as it kind of well, hopefully it kind of goes into that. Um, I think that's a a really uh, great development there. But there's lots of other small spaces opening up in the area too, which I expect to be just as oh, exciting. Absolutely. Yes, they are. It's just an, it's an it's an exciting place at the moment. So, but talk, so let's talk about. I I was lucky enough to make it. Thank goodness. I got I went to your first show down in this kind of warehousey uh, district and in this warehouse type space 
where there are also artist studios and this lovely little gallery, which at the show looked fantastic. And it was very exciting to have you all, you know, consecrating the new space, so to speak. How did that space come about in terms of where it is? And I'm curious what the arrangement is um, for it. Well, um, between the group, um, everyone was kind of keeping their eyes and ears open. And there was about three, four, four of us that were um, driving down into the area and looking around. Um, we got a tip from one of the members, uh, Virginia, who um, gave us a tip on this, the person that had the lease uh, of the space that we have, uh, that, we, that that was being given up. So uh, we went around there and uh, had a chat and took over the lease. That's wonderful. Now, is that so? Is that also going to be a collectively shared monthly, uh, uh, you know, budget item? Because I mean, it's a big deal to take a permanent space. I mean, it's definitely a whole other step. So, talk about how that's going to be a little bit different from how you've been, uh, you know, operating. Um, well, instead of just putting some money into the kitty once a year, um, we're putting a small amount uh, aside, you know, per month for the space. It doesn't cost very much between like, twenty twenty of us. Yeah, that, well, that is, there's the strength in numbers, uh, positive, you know, nature of having so many uh, involved, right? Because then, you know, those costs do get separated. So you've got a great deal on the lease in this in this burgeoning space. And then there's a few artists that live in the building. So you're going to be doing monthly or every six weeks exhibitions. I see on your website you're already booked up, like you said. And uh, please, everybody, go to the website, Dirt and Ray, and check out their shows at, at, uh, at the permanent space. And you're also doing other migratory shows, like you said, as well, during 2015. It's going to be a busy year for, for the group, yeah. for sure. <laughs> Claudia and Tom, I mean, are you just, are you, what, the permanent space, what, anyone have anything else to say about that transition or the plans or, you know, kind of how, is that shifted anything that you're doing or just as an additional icing on the cake that you get to have a, a space to be currently. One of, the, one of the major reasons why we decided to get the, the permanent space is because it gives us a location to expand our international and national exchanges because now we actually have something easy to offer. We've got, we have right. shows oh, so coming gonna... up. Um, we're exchanging, we're exchanging um, uh, with Brian Morris Gallery from New York in September, um, we're doing an exchange there. We've got Kreuzberg Pavilion from Berlin, who will, who will be coming out, amongst a whole bunch of other people that we're, we're actually in development with right now. I'd like to say that what we, what we started doing a couple of years ago was doing um, exchanges that would involve multiple sites in each city. So we did this in London um, and in Tokyo and uh, in the past. And we're going to we're actually doing this in this uh, show coming up in in uh, it's called Trading Aces, and that's uh, there's five six spaces from Los Angeles um, exchanging with uh, the equal number of spaces in New York City, um, and so yeah we, we've been working on these kind of multiple it's one show but it's uh, it's uh, you know twelve galleries participating. Oh wow, that sounds great. So that, again, that's another thing you're definitely committed to is this exchange of art and artists and other groups doing similar things to you and, and maximizing that uh, energy between artists from all over, which is, that is exciting, definitely. Um, Tom, do you have aspirations to uh, curate a show or pull a show together? Is it, what are you thinking of um, in terms of being in the group? I know that your work is in, your sculpture work is in the current show. And um, what, are, what are you thinking about in terms of uh, participating in, in the next year with, with the group? 
Yeah, well, I'm yeah. So what I'm doing is I'm uh, kicking around some ideas with a couple of members, uh, Rainy and Esmeralda, within the group. Uh, we're talking about putting something together. Um, I'm yet to curate a show of my own yet, so I've sort of taken the reins a bit with these, the same people I just mentioned, uh, organising with Brian Morris uh, in New York. So sort of taking the reins, organising that one a bit for now. Oh, okay. In terms of curatorial side of it, I don't have a lot to do with that. Um, not by myself, well, but at no least. Well, someone's going to take the reins, so that's good. Right, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, in a logistical sense, I'm kind of working on that at the moment. And, you know, I'm new to curating. I, I haven't uh, done that before. So, And that's a big appeal of being in this group to sort right. of uh, feel, feel that one out, you know. Right, absolutely. And and if you want the opportunity, you can have it. And, and until then, you just take different pieces of different shows. I mean, it's all, like we said, a democratic kind of thing. And someone has to be the organizer, and, the, and every piece is important. So that's what oh, well, it is, really I mean, it is spread about. around, though. Yeah, I mean, yeah. They, they really do spread around. So I, I will be doing it. I don't have a choice there. It's just, uh, <laughs> you know, finding finding my seat in the group. Yeah. Well, that's, what that's, is a great, that's great. I'm, yeah, Claudia, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say one of the great things about about um, is there's so much creative capital that that you know you come into it. Uh, there's so much expertise, you know, like nobody has to. Let's just say somebody's curating their first show. There's so many people to ask for help, you know, and suggestions, and and so n- nobody is having to do anything all by themselves. Right. Yeah, that's 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 the power in, in numbers. And I think that an artist, that, that's a true collective when people come together with a similar vision. And you all have managed to have find 22 people with a similar ultimate vision of supporting each other in this context of the collaborative. And it's worked for five solid years, and it's very impressive. I hope people out there living in L.A. check you out, go to the permanent space, and support Durden and Ray. And I'm just going to give... Um, I'm going to give uh, Max the last word, so to speak, and just, is there anything, just one last bit of, you know, advice or feedback to give the World Wide Web out there listening to you all who have really successfully done this for so many years? Is there any little uh, nugget of wisdom you could you could uh, give us to anything you want to you say to, to wrap it up in that regard? Yeah, I'd say, um, you yeah, know, take your future into your own hands. Um, form your own groups like this. Um, it doesn't matter how big they are it just means you have to get active Um, I would like to say that for any of those groups that are out there already um, for any of those alternative spaces if they're interested in this kind of stuff we're always looking for uh, groups and other spaces that want to jump in and join us in doing some of these um, bigger uh, exchange programs internationally um, and nationally so that we can kind of have like I say five and six and ten spaces that might want to uh to exchange with you know another country um, so we're always looking for partners on those kind of things um and, and you know it, it, there is no substitute for getting involved i mean you can sit and wait in your in the kind of garret um for fame or fortune or you can go and uh, contribute to the making of it um you know of doing something worthwhile of you know helping and uh, making sure that the art scene's uh, a little bit more complex and interesting than just what's being sold off the walls that's a perfect, beautiful way to wrap it up because it's exactly what Just Think is about, too, is is encouraging people to take control 
of their own practice and their own lives, and you all are doing it. So I really want to thank Tom and Claudia and Max for coming on the show today and talking about the collective and your perspective. And uh, I, uh, good luck in the busy, busy future with it. Thank, thank you so much. Thank you very thank you much. For being Appreciate here. that. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for being here. I will see you soon. And I want to thank right. our listeners on Just Do It. And please do visit uh, Durden and Ray's website for more information. And also visit our website for more information, justinc.com. We have a myriad of free resources for artists who would like to do DIY practices or any kind of thing you need to run a successful practice. Uh, just has an incredible resource uh, page with really hundreds and hundreds of pages of every kind of theme you could imagine for things you might want to want to or need to know about to have a successful career and to uh, do DIY things like Durden and Ray. So I'll wrap it up and please find us on uh, Facebook and online and listen again to Just Do It. Thank you all for being here. Hi, I'm a helpful Southern California Honda person, and recently we've been doing random acts of helpfulness, like sending a kid to basketball camp and helping a family with gas for their son's frequent hospital visits. And during the Honda Summerbration Sales Event, we can help you with a great deal, because right now we're clearing out the 2017s, like the Accord, a 2017 car and driver 10 best a record 31 times. Click the dealer locator link to find a dealer near you and go to SoCalHondaDealers.com to suggest a random act of helpfulness for someone you know. Car and driver January 2017.